You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for you. So the question is, how can we help? What are you working on? Think of us as your coaches, your assistants. We're here to spur you on, cheer you on, give you some tips and advice to help you create the best home ever. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now because we are ready to get to work. Hey, coming up on today's show, if you've made a New Year's resolution to take perhaps more time to enjoy the little pleasures, we've got a great idea for you. How about creating a studio space so you can focus on your favorite pastime? We're talking about craft spaces, woodworking spaces, art spaces, workshops, you name it. We'll have some tips on how you get that done, even if the space is very small or just not obvious to you at this moment. And also ahead this hour, a lot of people suffer from this very common problem, and that is just stinky odors coming from the sink. Turns out it's very simple to fix, and there's really an easy hack that can help. We'll share that in just a bit. And now that the holiday party season has passed, is your furniture looking a little worse for wear? Perhaps you picked up a few water rings or dings or dents. We've got some hacks that can help with that just ahead. But first, we want to know what you are working on in this new year. Perhaps you're still writing 2018. Well, it's 2019, guys. Let's get with the program. What do you want to achieve this new year in your money pit? Let us help you make a plan so that you can have all of those wonderful things you ever wanted in your home this very year. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to work. Jody in Delaware, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I actually have a problem with my foundation. It's an exposed foundation. About three feet high around the whole footprint of the house is exposed. It's a cement block foundation that had parging on it originally, and the parging was cracking, so it was recommended by a masonry contractor to put dry lock over it. So this is what I did. I put um, it's a it, they they add color to the dry lock. So I put it over the whole foundation, and it started to crack and peel and bubble. Yeah, you didn't adhere properly. First of all, isn't dry lock usually an interior uh, masonry paint, not an exterior masonry paint? Well, this particular masonry guy told me that he's actually used it on the bottom of swimming pools. So he thought that it would work, and when when he saw it later, he said, wow, I've never seen it do that. Yeah, how about that? Just experimenting <laughs> with your house. I did call the dry lock people, too, Yeah, and talk to them, and they, they told me to try to power wash it, try scraping it, but it's just become like a huge mess. You know, I mean, it peels in some places, some places it adhered. Yeah, the problem is that now that you've got that on there, you've got to get it off because you can't put any, you can't put new stuff over the bad old stuff. It just will continue to peel. Yeah, the problem is, is that uh, we are on um, filled-in marshland is where the 
is where they, and so we're on clay and, clay and sand, and the cement block, you know, it sort of leaches up through there. So it's always sort of ha- sort of damp coming up from the ground anyway. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. Th- that's what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking the block wall might have been wet when you applied it. It might have been visibly wet, but see, those block walls are hydroscopic. They absorb water really, really well. And so if you, if it's on a moist situation, that water's going to draw up, get behind that paint, and nothing causes paint to peel faster than, than water. So unfortunately, at this stage, you're going to have to strip that off. Oh, my gosh. And we're right on, we're right on the water. You know what I mean? We're on the bay. So I'm always worried about things that are not environmentally friendly. The other thing that I think you probably could do, and this is a, you know, this is a big job in and of itself, though, is you could have a mason attach um, a woven wire mesh to that foundation and restucco it. And in that case, it could go right on top of the old junky paint because you're not really sticking to the foundation, you're sticking to the mesh. So that's another possibility. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess in some places that was used before underneath the parging. Well, the parging the parging is simply a stucco coat that goes on top of the block wall, and it's typical for the parging to crack. And usually, it cracks along the lines of the of the of the masonry block. Yep, that's what it did. And that's not necessarily a defect. That's pretty much just the way it goes with that stuff, especially if they don't put it on thick enough. So I would consider, if you really want to have it to look like a traditional masonry foundation, I would consider having mesh put up there and then properly restuccoed. If not, you're just going to have to peel that paint off any way you can. You would, you, I would might take a look at some of the citrus-based uh, paint strippers if you have some that's really hard to get off. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Sorry about better news. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Travis in Des Moines, Iowa, is on the line with a garbage disposal situation. What's going on? Well, I've got a GE garbage disposal that we just had installed when we remodeled our kitchen. And we do our dishes out of our sink, and so we fill the sink base up, and then when we drain the water out, we kick the garbage disposal on just to eat up all the stuff going down. Right. And once it gets about halfway down, this garbage disposal just shakes like crazy, and it'll shake wow. the whole entire sink and... If it's shaking, it's out of balance. And so why could it be out of balance? You said it's a new unit? Yep, it's brand new. It, 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 the thing is, is when we turn it on, it, it, it runs just fine. Right. And then about halfway down, it starts to shake, and then it, it stops, and then it goes back to just a hmm. clean operation. I suspect, now inside the unit itself, there's these sort of paddles that swing around and help yep. mash up the garbage. Yep. I suspect that something is wrong there, and they're getting stuck in a position opposite than the other two. Because if that happens, it's just like uh, balancing a tire. If you don't have the weights in the right place, you start to get a vibration. So mm-hmm. I suspect that either something is wrong with one of those paddles, or this just has a bad bearing. And a bad bearing can actually work really well, and then when the weight distribu- distribution gets a little bit different because all the water's going through there... It can kind of like catch an edge, so to speak, and work really Uh poorly. But I think you need to replace that. I'm assuming that the bracket was installed properly and it's secure to the bottom of your sink. But it really should not be uh, shaking like that. The only time I've ever seen them shake is that one of those little paddles got stuck. Sometimes it gets rusted shut. But if it's brand new like that, that can't be the case. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I figured you guys would know. Yeah, it's a balance issue, and if it's not working, I would replace it while it's under warranty. It probably has a year warranty on it. Yeah, we just put it in a few weeks ago. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. 
You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can get instantly matched with top rated pros for any home project and book appointments online all for free. Just ahead, if one of your resolutions this year is to make time to enjoy your favorite hobbies, we've got just the way for you to do that by creating the perfect studio space. We'll tell you what you need to know after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Train. Inside the Train Testing Facility, they test their heating and cooling products in the harshest conditions found in nature, all to ensure their products can run through anything. That's why it's hard to stop a train. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love to hear what you're working on this fine weekend. The number is one money pit if you want to give us a call. And that is presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to HomeAdvisor.com for more. Darlene in Arizona, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Remodeling a bathroom into a laundry room because there was no laundry room there and three bathrooms. <laughs> so um, I put the stick-on linoleum squares on the floor, which was probably a mistake, but it's all down. And now I notice on the edges it's starting to, you know, like, pull up just a little bit. It's fine in the middle, but around the edges. And so I was wondering, um, should I use a silicone around you know, like kind of pull them up a little bit, put silicone around there or like a, a water-based sealant of some kind. I just didn't know quite what to do if, if uh, we put the washing machine in there and there was a leak and, and then I was afraid the whole floor would come up or something. So do you think if you kept pulling the tiles, they would all come up completely? I think the reason why the sides are, maybe the floor isn't quite even on the you know, on the edges or something. I'm I'm just thinking that maybe it wasn't quite even. In, in a, it's not every every side, but just part of it, right where the washer is going to be, as a matter of fact. Well, look, if if you were to be able to lift up those edges and add a, add a tile adhesive underneath that, 
um, a regular floor tile adhesive, the kind of tile adhesive that you would use if you were laying down these vinyl tiles from scratch, and then you weighted it um, while it dried, that would probably be the best chance you got of preventing it from coming back up again. But I got to tell you that it's been my experience that once these seams start to go, you fix one and two more pop up. So this might be something you're, you're chasing. And if it's only a small area, what you could also consider is basically replacing the vinyl floor with laminate floor. You know, just a, a small amount of laminate flooring won't be that expensive, and it can be laid down right on top of that vinyl floor. Laminate floors will float. They don't need to be attached. They sort of lock together, and they will lay down on top of that. You know, you'd put a saddle in where you, like, hit the doorways and that kind of stuff, but that would give you a really durable floor. You wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, that'd be better than pulling it all up. That's a good idea. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. David in Tennessee is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you? Well, I have a 1965 house with about a 1975 uh, solar water heater heating system that has that quit working quite a while ago, and uh, I have a leak somewhere underneath it. I think, but finding that leak has I've, I've been fighting that for. A few years now, and uh, of course, the fact is that where it drips from, where the water drips from and stains my ceiling, uh, doesn't seem to have much to do with the location of the actual leak. So, first of all, this water heater, this solar water heater, is forty years old. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, 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 TVA had a had a program. Uh, Back in those days, we've been in this house for almost 45 years, so uh, it really uh, has been a while. <laughs> it sounds that way. I'm pretty sure that water heater doesn't really owe you anything, but let's see if we can help you figure out at least where it's leaking. Now, if it's not leaking directly underneath where the water heater uh, is, one of the things that you could do is you could try to run a hose across that roof and strategically move it from one end to the next or across the area where it's most susceptible and see if you can figure out what causes it to leak. If that doesn't do it, then it's most likely being caused by wind-driven rain, and that becomes a lot more difficult for you to pinpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think it's probably not that because we do get windy rain here in Memphis, but... uh, uh, it it will happen when we're just getting a just just kind of a slow drizzle, and it's not a it's not a great deal of water, but I mean it's 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 always drops, but uh, it's enough drops that it's you know it's it's going to do damage. You know the other thing that you could use that might help pinpoint where this is happening, David, is an infrared scanning device. So infrared devices are often used by roofers to find leaks because the temperature of the roofing where where it's wet is different than the temperature where it's not wet. So by using an infrared device, you can sometimes identify the full um, sort of path of the flow from point of entry to where it shows up on your ceiling. Now, we're not talking about these little little uh, uh, devices with... Uh the, the temperature indication and the laser pointer, we're talking about like an infrared camera? No, no, we're, we're talking about an actual yeah, an actual infrared camera. And the thing is that they've become a lot less expensive. They used to be thousands of dollars, but now you can buy one that snaps into the end of your iPhone and turns the phone into infrared camera. So they're pretty affordable. 
Or if you're dealing with a roofer, you know, a roofer would have um, some more industrial equipment. But I think those are the kinds of things you ought to do to try to narrow down the possibilities. But you know what? After 40 years, it might be time to think about replacement. Well, I think I'd just, I'd just get rid of it. I'm thinking about putting in the uh, the uh, uh, tankless. Yeah, well, that's true, and that's a much better investment. And you know what? There's still some rebates on those, so you might pick up a tax credit by doing just that. David, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've ever thought it'd be really nice to have a studio space in your home dedicated to your favorite craft or hobby, you know, maybe like sewing, crafting, woodwork, even an art studio or any other hobby, now's really a great time to get started with basic planning. You got to start there first. Yeah, and finding space is usually the first step. But if you're short on that, you can get creative. I mean, for example, think about how you might take advantage of closet space with the doors removed. In my house, I've got a small recording studio because we do broadcast once in a while from here. And in my example, we have a closet that was unused, and we basically took the doors and the walls off of it and kind of turned it into like sort of an alcove, and it became the perfect space for my studio. So you can sometimes find space where it's not obvious. Or maybe you might just parse out some space for a bigger room in your home. It doesn't really get a lot of daily use. I mean, just because it's called a dining room, it doesn't mean you have to dine in there, right? <laughs> there are a lot of ways to use those spaces. I mean, that really is true. You know, not that this is for a hobby space, but I did like you, Tom. I took a closet, took the doors off, and I turned it into sort of like an entryway mudroom type of thing. You've got to think creatively when it comes to small spaces in your home and where you can sort of pick up that real estate again. Now, when you're planning out the room, you've got to think about the three most important areas of the room. You know, it's sort of similar to that working triangle in a kitchen. You want the stove and the kitchen and the fridge to all sort of be triangulated to one another because those are the three spaces you're constantly moving about. So you want to make sure it's convenient. So you need to think about that with your hobby. Now, if you're creating a sewing room, you might need a cutting table, an ironing board, and the table with the sewing machine. I know that's sort of the pattern I make when it comes to sewing. So you want to think about what do I need and how do I use those things and then plan accordingly for that. Yeah, and the closer you keep them together, the more efficient the space is going to be. I mean, if you're a woodworker like me, it might be the table saw and the joiner and the workbench. Just design your studio space so you can maintain a very short distance between those key workstations, and that room is going to work so much better for you. And we're here to work for you, too. If you've got some home improvement, decor, or restoration projects in mind, give us a call right now at one eight 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 money pit Linda, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? The house that we live in uh, was built in 53. It's ours. We've, we've paid it off and trying to keep up, keep it and keep it in good shape. But in uh, between the dining room and the living room, apparently before we purchased it, there was a wall that had been removed. And the only sign is on the ceiling where the wall was removed. Uh, there's a, a double crack like on each side of a two before is what it looks like about that width in the drywall. And I've tried use it's a uh, textured ceiling. They did we actually had knockdown put on it, but it uh, we can't fill the crack. I've tried to use drywall mud, and it just returns. What can I do to fix this crack? So this was opposite both sides of a wall that was torn out. So they must have slipped in some drywall to to patch it. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe, 
maybe. So that's not the best way. That's not the best way to fix that sort of thing. You can't like put a narrow strip in there and have it ever look like a normal ceiling. If you've got a hole like that where you pull the wall out, what you have to do is cut a bigger piece of drywall out, maybe about a foot or two on each side of it. Uh, and you do that right on the edge where the floor joists are, the ceiling joists are in this case, then you have a bigger seam to tape and spackle and secure. And when the, if that's done well, then you're never going to see it again. So you putting all of this spackle on it time and time again over all of this, you know, all of this period of time is, is probably made more of a mess and it's kind of hard to fix at this point. So what I would tell you to do is to cut out that whole repair, put a bigger piece of drywall in, um, tape it, spackle it, prime the whole ceiling and then repaint the whole ceiling. And that would be the one to do the way to do this, you know, permanently. Otherwise you're always gonna see that. Okay, thank you for telling me that. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Up next a common plumbing problem that may have a very simple solution. Sticky orders that come from your sink. We're gonna share a hack that can help after this. Eight 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 money pit Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you working on? Are you planning a project for the year ahead? We're here to help you get started. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT. Maybe you're thinking ahead to spring. You know, it's going to be deck season before you know it. Are you thinking about that project? Wondering what material you should use? What your railing options are? Should you add some lighting? How many levels should you have? All great questions. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT because we would love to help. 
Heading out to New Jersey, where John has some issues going on in the attic. Tell us about it. I have uh, the breather up on top of my roof. Um, it leaks, comes down into the attic, and I have a little container up there, and sometimes I don't get up there in time, and it's kind of messing up my ceiling. Well, that's not good. Well, I've gone up there, and I've had that can of the, I forget what you call it, you spray it, it's like a rubber or whatever. I've sprayed all around the metal flashing, and um, it's still leaking. I don't see any holes anywhere else. There's no missing shingles. I don't know what else it could be. Okay, so let me just clar- clarify for me, when you when you call this an attic breather or vent, what are we talking about? Is it a square hole in your roof? With a with a vent over it is the is it a is it a ridge vent that goes down the peak of the roof or are you talking about the plumbing vent that comes up through the roof? No, it's almost up in the uh, about midway. Um, there's one on one side of the roof and one and one on the other. Okay, so it's a square vent, right? And there's no the opening is is it's 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 on an angle, but I don't know if it's enough of an angle when the wind when the wind drives the rain in a certain direction. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You may have some wind driven rain in here. Um, and what my advice would be to you is you have a ridge that goes down sort of the, like a peak of the roof that goes down uh, the middle of the house? No, it goes across. It runs um, horizontally. What kind of roof style do you have? Is this like a standard colonial house or what is it, a ranch? Small ranch. Okay. So here's here's what I would do. You may very well be getting wind-driven rain inside that. What I might suggest is that's actually not the best kind of vent and there's an opportunity for you to improve your ventilation here in your attic space, which will actually make it cooler in the summertime uh, and drier in the wintertime, which makes your insulation more effective. And to do that, what I would do is I would remove those square vents, patch the hole, uh, and reshingle over that. And I would replace that with a ridge vent that goes down most of the peak of the roof. The ridge vent's not likely to, to leak if it's properly installed. And that will open up that space to more ventilation, which will have the benefits that we talked about. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's my next project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've ever noticed an odor coming from, say, your bathroom sink, even your kitchen sink sometimes, it could be something that's called biogas. Now, essentially with biogas, this is what happens. A bacteria grows inside the drain lines of your sink and then starts to sort of emanate an odor, which then works its way up that drain line and comes out and causes a pretty stinky smell at that sink space. It's awful. It's got an easy solution, though, and and here's the hack. You want to fill the sink with hot water until it reaches the overflow. Now, that's that little slot in the side of of the bowl and starts to kind of go down that. Then slow down the flow to a trickle so it's still running down the overflow, but kind of not the sink itself, of course, right? Then you want to add a couple of cups of bleach to the water. Now, the bleach is going to run down that overflow channel, and it'll kill any bacteria it finds because it does hide in spaces like that where frankly, they're areas that you really don't clean that much. Mm -hmm. Then after a few minutes, add another cup or two of bleach, let that drain, go ahead and work its way out very slowly, and then empty the entire sink. And that's going to make a big difference. It will kill that bacteria, and your sink will no longer stink. Fran in Tennessee is on the line, and her French door has developed rot. What is going on? Well, we live in a 150-year-old house. And over the years, as we moved in here, we've done repairs and modernized some things. And we had a French door put in the dining room. It's covered in a metal flashing around the outside. But we didn't realize at the, at the outset that it was a composite door. And over the years, it has developed rain rot. It's the only thing I can 
you know, it, it has just fallen away at the bottom, about six to eight inches up. We covered the door with a four-by-eight piece of plywood to keep rain off of it, but we don't know what to do. Is it repairable, or would it be best just to replace the entire door? Um, this this is screaming replacement to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, afraid you were going to. Well, listen. You've already you've already covered it with a sheet of plywood. So, I mean, if you called me and you said, "Listen, I got a hole in my door because it's rotted out and it's a few inches from the bottom," I would tell you there's different materials that you can use to fill those rotted holes um, back in with that are sort of like sort of like packing a uh, like a packing a, a cavity. You know, there's two part epoxy patching materials. You mix them together. You put it in there. You sand it. And then you can, you know, prime it and paint it. You can use auto body putty for stuff like that too. And you press it in there, let it dry again, sand it, paint it, and you're good to go. But at this point, it sounds to me like this door has given you all the years of service it has to offer. And I would think about getting a new door. And I would tell you specifically, Fran, to look at the new fiberglass entry doors that are out there because they could look like a painted door or they could look like a beautiful wood door. You know, there's lots of qualities of that fiberglass today where it looks pretty darn good. And the nice thing about it is it's completely impervious to water and it's five or six times more energy efficient than wood. It does. And thank you for talking with me. I appreciate it. I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, now that the holiday party season has ended, is your furniture looking a little worse for the wear from all that entertaining? Maybe you picked up a few water rings or got some new dings or dents on the walls of the furniture? Well, we've got some hacks that can help after this. You live in a body pit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now on the Money Pit's listener line at one eight 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 Money Pit. presented by HomeAdvisor. You can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Jim in Ohio is on the line with a question about insulation. What are you working on? I'm looking at remodeling my basement, and I'm looking for something with uh, that's going to help insulate it, plus dampen some of the sound from the basement. So a couple of things. Um, first of all, do you want to insulate the foundation walls, or do you just want to insulate the basement ceiling? Actually, both. So there's a foil-encapsulated fiberglass bat insulation that's designed specifically for basement walls. The foil has a, a water resistance to it, so it stands up to the moist, damp area. So that's something that you could do there. Okay, great. In terms of the insulation, you could use standard fiberglass insulation, but contrary to popular belief, fiberglass insulation by itself is not a, a, a material that's going to block a lot of sound. If you want to block sound, you probably should use a sound-resistant drywall. There are different types of drywall products. I think one's called Quiet Rock. There are others that once you apply it to the ceiling, you apply it like normal drywall, 
but it's a lot heavier and it has sort of a sound uh, resistant batten structure to it. It's also much more expensive, but you can special order at a home center and use that on the ceiling and, and that will make it quieter. But the devil is in the details when it comes to quiet construction. And wherever you have like a ceiling fixture or light fixtures or, or any kinds of uh, perforations in that ceiling, they have to be packed also with a soundproofing material, which kind of looks like a clay that sort of fits behind it. But if you just want to try to do you know the best you can without going to that level of detail, then maybe just apply the sound-resistant drywall, and you know it'll be probably the quietest basement on the block. Great. Thank you. That, that'll work. Well, now that the holiday party season has officially ended, is your furniture looking a little worse for the wear from all that entertaining? Maybe you've noticed a few new rings or dings or dents. Well, here are a few hacks to help bring that furniture back to its beautiful shape. First of all, white rings. You see those on top of maybe a coffee table or a sideboard or even a dining table. This is caused when your friends do not use those coasters that you have left out at every party. Seriously, guys, what happens is people put down their drinks. They're not using a coaster. That water vapor penetrates into the finish of that piece of furniture and causes a white ring. Now, you can remove it by wiping that piece of furniture gently with a cloth that's barely been dampened in denatured alcohol. And that's going to go ahead and dry that right out. Now, if you end up with a shallow chip on a piece of furniture, maybe you see a part of the clear finish that's been chipped, but the underlying color is still intact. You can actually fill in that ding with a few drops of a clear nail polish. After that polish dries, you can sand it flush with a 600 grit sandpaper. Now that's super, super fine. And you can restore the sheen on satin finishes by rubbing it with a 4-0 steel wool and paste wax. Super fine. It's going to work that paste wax in. If you've got gloss finishes, you can actually use auto polishing compound and a rag, but do not do that on the floor. Only on pieces of furniture. You don't want to go slipping and sliding everywhere. Now, if you've got some furniture with large scratches or some really worn edges, there are a couple of things you can do. First of all, one of my favorite tricks of the trade is just to use a Sharpie. A felt-tip touch-up marker is going to work well for those worn edges and scratches, especially if it's really dark furniture. Because let's face it, if you get a scratch in dark furniture, you see the raw wood below. It's just like sort of white and blondish. If you darken that with a marker, it all of a sudden kind of melts in and sort of disappears. So it's a little trick of the trade to hide some of those scratches. You can also find these felt tip touch-up markers that are specifically for this purpose, even though I sometimes grab my Sharpie. Um, They come in different wood tones, and they're going to match the most common furniture finishes. So you can use them to color large scratches or edges where that stain is worn or chipped away. You want to apply them only to damaged areas and then wipe them immediately if anything gets on the sort of the neighboring finish. And when you're done, just apply a coat of paste wax over the repair and also sort of the adjacent furniture surfaces or maybe just the whole piece, depending on the size of it. That's going to even out the sheen and those imperfections will just disappear. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. We will not disappear, however. We're going to stand by and help you with whatever home improvement, repair, or decor project is on your to-do list. But help yourself first. Pick up the phone, call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Kathy in Massachusetts is on the line with a crumbling basement wall. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Our house was sold about 1802 that's the earliest records that we have. And the chimneys are literally turning to dust in the basement. The bricks themselves 
they're not just crumbling. They are. They have become dust. And I need to know, is there anything we can do to salvage them? Or if we take them down, does it compromise the stability of the whole building? Well, it definitely would not compromise the, the stability of the building because chimneys are not part of the structure. They just hold themselves up. Now, are these active chimneys or inactive chimneys? Are they being used for a fireplace or for the heating system? No, we are afraid to use them for fireplaces. Okay. No, that's that's wise. Well, how is your heating system being vented, Kathy, if it's not through the chimney? There's two fireplaces in the building that extend up to the second floor to the roof. Um, and we have we have a gas boiler that is vented through one of them, but we can actually vent it to the outside. Is the chimney that's deteriorating the one that the gas boiler is in? Both of them are. One of them was a cooking oven back in the 1800s. They used it for a school for young girls and taught them the fine arts of cooking. And it, that is a large walk-in fireplace, and it's just totally crumbled. The bricks are falling out, and a lot of it's just dust. The other one is a little better shape, but it's still turning to dust. All right. Well, first of all, um, it would be highly unlikely that either of them are safe to use because they're not lined. Now, the process of lining, there's a number of ways to do that, but one process of lining is where they drop a tube down the middle of the chimney itself, and they pour they pour a concrete kind of slurry mix around the outside of the tube, and then deflate the tube and pull it out. That process can actually make the chimney stronger. If, if that's something you're interested in, you could explore that. It's probably costly. Um, if you want to just get rid of the chimneys and the fireplaces, then that's totally fine. And what you'll do is essentially disassemble them from the top down and then roof over the openings. As long as you're not going to use them and you have no plans for it, I see no reason to keep them. All right. Sounds like a good plan for us. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPAY. Well, now that we're in the dark days of winter, have you noticed that your bulbs are flickering? Well, there's a good reason for that, especially if you use a dimmer switch. We're going to share that tip and the solution after this. Live in a body pit. Body pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, with all the wet weather that may be happening across the nation, we are getting more inquiries on how to stop wet basements and wet crawl spaces. Um, some folks feel like it's the worst nightmare, but it's pretty common and it's actually pretty easy to fix. If your basement or your crawl space is getting wet directly after a snowmelt or a rainfall, it's a simple matter of improving the grading and the drainage of the foundation perimeter. We're talking about cleaning gutters, extending downspouts, and regrading the soil. We've got a great post on how to do all of that. Just search basement waterproofing on moneypit.com. You'll be surprised on how easy and inexpensive it is to get that job done. And don't forget to post your questions online, just like Leah did. Now, she writes, I recently had recessed lighting installed throughout my home. The lights in the living room won't dim sufficiently and are flickering. What can I do? It sounds like you may be dealing with some LED bulbs. You know, they're great energy savers, but they don't have the dimming range of an old-fashioned incandescent. One of the things you could do is to install a Lutron dimmer. Their product is called Maestro. And the reason I say that is because it has the unusual ability for you to be able to control the exact range or power to that bulb. You can basically set it to go just low enough so it doesn't flicker, but still get the full dimming range that that LED bulb has to offer. And you know what? That'll work with a wide variety of bulb types on that same circuit, which is super convenient. 
Well, now that the holidays are past, if you've got a few wine or champagne bottles lying around, you might want to know that those bottles are also excellent materials for some homemade decor. Although, of course, not a reason to drink more wine. <laughs> Leslie's got some ideas on what to do with those recyclables in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, you should actually be holding on to those empty wine bottles or champagne bottles or even the spirit bottles, especially if it's a shape that you like or a color glass that you like or perhaps the occasion marked something very special to you. Now, here's a couple of things that you can be doing with them. First of all, if the bottle signifies some sort of special event, an engagement, a celebration, a baby, whatever. You can take a hairdryer and that works wonders to heat up the glue to remove those labels. And then you can go ahead and frame that label or maybe keep a scrapbook with those labels in it with a little note and maybe a picture from that night like, oh, we got engaged, yay, and the date or something along those lines. Because People have a lot of special memories, and you can always go back to years from now and say, oh, for our 10th anniversary, I got the same bottle of wine we had on the night we got engaged. Something like that. I mean, that's really a nice thing to do to mark a special milestone. Now, corks from the bottles, you can use them for so many different things, and I guess it depends on the quantity of corks that you have saved. Now, here's a little trick. You can also go to a crafting store if you're really into making things out of corks and buy, like, a bag of corks as well. So you don't have to go ahead and drink all that wine. You can buy the corks and use some from your holiday party. You can perhaps make a wreath for next year. Or you can glue them around the outside of a frame to show something fun from that night in that picture. Or I like to sometimes, I cut the corks in half so they've got like a flat side to them. And then, you know, lengthwise, so they're long and flat. And then I glue them together on a little square base and I make a coaster so that I avoid the white rings at next year's holiday parties. See what I'm getting at, guys? You come to my house, you better be using a coaster. Just saying. (laughs) But easy to make, and there's so many wonderful things that you can do. I have some neighbors on the block who have those, um, the lamps that are, you know, hollow glass on the inside, and they fill them up with corks from all their parties over all the years, and they're finally on the 15 years of being on the block, almost filled to the top. So there's a lot of fun things that you can do, and they really do mark something special and personal. So have some fun enjoy those parties all year long and save the corks and bottles and do something special this is the money pit home improvement show coming up next time on the program have you ever thought about adding a below grade bathroom like maybe in a basement well that is a plumbing project that requires some very special planning to sort of be able to well we should say go with the flow because (laughs) gravity counts we're going to highlight some tips for that project and answer more of your questions on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.